This show is presented by Manscaped. Are you Harry? Stop that. Stop it now. Well, they, their parents go to manscaped.com slash dangle to unharry yourself. That's not, that's not unkind. 20% off your next purchase. How dare you? The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. It's a big day on the network, number one. And Steve announced this on his channel last night, but you should know, you can now hear the LFR. And I mean, obviously, everybody watches the LFR, but everybody talks about the volume, the the octave that Steve will get to when he's upset on his LFRs. And you know what? Sometimes when things are good, like last night with Nikki Bob. But I want to say... Um, I want to say that finally, and we've been meaning to do this for years. No, 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 no. The Rock is a Leaf fan now. You can't hit him with that. Let's go Leafs. Finally! <laughs> there go you go. No, no, continue. LFR has debuted, not come back, to Spotify. That's right. And Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts and soon, soon to be Google Podcasts. Yeah, Google whenever they want to get their act together. Google whenever they want to get their act together. <laughs> um... So, uh, so anyway, you can, you just literally search LFR and Steve is there and you'll be able to listen. Or go to sdpn.ca slash Steve Dangle and you can click the links right there to your favorite podcast feed. And you can watch it on Spotify too, right? Yeah. Spotify has the video version as That's well. So cool. The audio and video version. And you can watch Weird. the full video? Yeah. Yeah. The first video podcast I ever watched on Spotify was mine. I, I didn't <laughs> know... You could do that. I, I didn't know legit either. Did not know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, they added it. I think when they added Rogan, and yeah, and probably the video. and the yeah. Call Her Daddy show too, because that was big on video as well. I, mm-hmm. I so. believe you. Okay. I believe um, you. Also, another. It's a big a big day on the network because um, we have uh, somebody new joining us, and by the time that you hear this, you might have already seen uh, the announcement. But, but Jesse, you want to take this one? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why? We were first introduced <laughs> to him from. The Jesse Blake Sports Report. Right. Yes, on the debut episode of the JBSR, I had on a fellow named S. Barahaney. He uh, is a basketball writer, a basketball reporter, and I had him on a couple times. I think he was three-time appearances? Two times, maybe? It doesn't really matter. A lot. Um, And over the summer, we've gotten to know each other, and uh, he's a great person, first of all. Second, he's a great NBA content creator. He does incredible videos. Uh, on YouTube, he's done a little podcasting in the past. He's a, a great writer. And you know what? We were like, why don't we just take this great talent and bring them over to our network? So that w- that's what we did. Why not? And uh, S officially starts with us on Monday. That's right. So <laughs> S. Barahaney joining us, and he'll be joining us on Monday's show as well. And if you're saying, is he going to switch to hockey? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he's not. He's actually uh, he is Our going Dallas Stars correspondent. That's right. <laughs> no, grab, grab. It's no, not grab. This no, is S. Barahaney. You're right. Um, uh, no, uh, S. is going to join us, and he will be our. Uh, the official title is lead NBA reporter. Um, he will be doing everything from you know reels to TikToks to obviously his Twitter account's an amazing thing, amazing follow, and and of course we will be launching a two to three week. Uh, show on the NBA. It won't just be Raptors two to three focused. Two times a week. 
Two or three. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah, two, three, that's not what you said. Oh, I meant per week. Thank <laughs> you, Steve. It's going to be two to three weeks, and that's yeah, it. That's that's it, and then we're done. Uh, no, S is going to be. He's going to kind of be the 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 guy that builds our NBA coverage. And as you see, SDPN sort of grow. Um, we're going to. We want to be a, a network that you come to for really great fun, but also really uh, um, informative. insightful, informative sports content uh that goes a little bit beyond and if you one of the things that i loved about listening to s on jesse's first episode i literally called jesse was like who is this guy he just taught me so much in about 10 minutes um is that he takes a sport like basketball which is extremely intricate and dumbs it down for a passing fan like myself i love basketball but i don't have the time to get into basketball the way we get into hockey and he made me understand some things about the way the Raptors were trying to play and what Scotty Barnes was going to bring. Remember, it was early on and I don't know, it was it was like it was still like halfway through the season. Right. And he's been uh, he's phenomenal. So we're so excited to have him. Uh, the show does not have a name just yet, or at least not one that we're willing to announce. And it will feature another person. So be on the lookout because we're not done with the NBA yet. And if you have another favorite sport, we're looking to add. Yeah, this is our first full-time foray into something that's not hockey, and it's not going to be the beginning and end. So expect it is going to be the beginning. It's, it's, well, it's uh, only going to be two, three weeks. Yeah, it's only going to be two, three weeks, <laughs> and, we're and then that's it. Yep, two so to three weeks. Expect it to end for the S. Barahany Sports Report. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's what's happening, and obviously we're very, very excited to have S on, and you'll get to meet him on Monday show. He's a great guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really smart, really funny, and just a genuinely good person. I like him. You do? I do. I like him a lot. Texting him about basketball yesterday. Yeah, you were... Can you explain this? I like this conversation, and Jesse <laughs> had some thoughts to weigh in on this, and this goes for any team. Go ahead, because you're trying to buy tickets. Well, SL, my wife, every year wants Raptors tickets. She loves the Raptors. For her birthday. Yes. But she is not um, like an all-NBA person, and... She really should become one because she likes reality television. <laughs> and what's better than the NBA for that? It's perfect. What's better than that? Draymond Green is a person who exists. Like what? what's uh, uh, the whole Kevin Durant saga this summer? Like what's better than that? Uh, so there are two games that we could go to that we narrowed it down to. There was a game against the Denver Nuggets and there was a game against OKC. and. I asked S, I go, which game should I go to? And he's like, wow, you got to go see Jokic play. Like, you got to. It's, it's like not, going to see Crosby play. He was going to see McDavid play. Go see the star. It's not even a question. But then I also said, my wife does not know who that is. And I confirmed this. She's like, I don't know who that is. So which one are they most likely to win? Because I would, <laughs> I would just like to try to get her to see a win. And that's and he's fair. like, oh, well, I mean, OKC's not as good, and they got the hometown kid. So yeah, maybe go see them. But maybe I'll be greedy, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, Denver's crap this year. <laughs> <laughs> we should definitely get tickets to go see that. If, if a Leaf fan asked you that question, what would you tell them? Well, say it was versus so who are the teams? Let's say uh, Edmonton. Uh, f sure, the Edmonton Oilers or the Philadelphia Flyers. No, no Coyotes. Oh man. no, the Coyotes is a different a piece. Oh, okay, no, 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 absolutely. Oh, absolutely, no question. I'd tell them to see the Oilers. Right. Yeah. I don't know if there's a better. Is there a better ticket in the NHL? 
than the electric offense of the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah. No, I have to. You have to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're coming to town, you have to see them. There's no other option. So you should take that and be like, I'm going to go see the two-time uh, MVP back-to-back. Maybe I'm going to see Jokic. Yeah. Oh. I think you should probably go see, go see the better basketball. This is great. No offense to OKC, who could be like sneaky, but... I can consult with my friends and record it and then play it for my wife. And then she can make the ultimate call. (laughs) What you do is you let her make the ultimate call. And that way, if the game's a dud, it's not your fault. That's right. It's all hers. (laughs) And you can look at her throughout the game and go, you see what you did? You see? Thanks. (laughs) Happy friggin' birthday, honey. And she'd be like, don't call me honey. When is her birthday, by the way? It's in February, but we couldn't go. Okay. So we're, we're looking we're looking into March. Okay. <laughs> we had one, I guess, two more announcements for the network if you want to do those as well. Go ahead. Uh Noxie and Cax return today. Noxie and Cax out right now when you're listening to this, uh, you can go find the season two premiere of Noxie and Cax. That is uh Liz Knox and Corel Mard. Uh, they returned season two. It's talking about uh, things that happened over the summer, the uh, secret Dream Gap tour that's ongoing. They kicked off the, the tour and they're still going. Uh, so yeah, go listen to that. It's a very good episode. Mm-hmm. Hooray. There's, there's one little part where Carell's trying to, she's telling Liz about the assault bike. You know, the, the assault bike is, is the one yes. with the, where you have your two hands and you're, you're like running on the bike while also pedaling. Yes. And she, she's telling her how, she's trying to give her a tip. She's like, okay, so about 30 pushes is roughly 10 calories. One. No! One. Fuck that. That's it. Like, it's crazy. But Corel uses that as motivation on the bike. So she'll be like, yeah. okay, only 30 more and I got 10 done. And then she, she was like, that's how I push myself. Like, I keep going because I'm like, okay, I only need to do 30 more pushes and then that's another 10 calories. And she counts that in her head while she's going. And Liz is like, I have little T-Rex arms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that if that's the same for me. It's, no, like levers. I don't, I don't know. Let's, let's try I, to figure uh, this out. <laughs> and I died during that part. So it's very, very good episode. I really, no, I'm, I really like them. And I, like you, were like, where the hell are they? Yeah. <laughs> and they're back. They're back. Yeah. They are back. So, that is wonderful. It's exciting. You know, and, and I, I'm looking Either right now, as of right now, the pre- it has not premiered uh, as of this recording. Oh. And there's already 10 com- comments on it. Oh, really? Just like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are jacked to have them back. It's amazing. Yeah, in about that. 15 minutes, the episode's going to be out. So oh, okay. It's very, very cool. Uh, and then the love other that. thing, last night I came back on Twitch. Uh, that uh, on-demand video will be up on YouTube while you're listening to this. It'll be before this podcast comes out. A lot of fun. You win I- a cup yet? <laughs> where, where did you start? What happened? Tell us the... Tell uh, us the-, the chat told me to tell you this part. Uh, so I made everybody vote on how we were going to do season season one of a franchise mode because i have five years to win the stanley cup with the arizona yeah. coyotes but you can go in two different directions i can sell everything and try and win it by year one like i try and go for it year one and year two and year three and year four right. or we tank for bedard and we rebuild through year one and then technically only got four shots at the cup because i only rebuild it i rebuild it in year Ooh, one okay what would you do I would sell off every draft pick and go for oh, it. Adam, what would you do? It's it's more fun, I think. I I think I think I think hmm, 
In real life, I would never do that. Right. But yeah, but game. this isn't real life, right? <laughs> no. It is I think I think I like the idea of you risking it and going going for Bedard and then rebuilding. So you need to what you need to do. And this is focal point. Is yes, is compile a bunch of draft picks and then fire them at the at all the best teams for all the best players as soon as you draft Bedard. Mm-hmm. But you have to get Bedard because what happens if you go for Bedard and you don't get Bedard? So. At the beginning of the episode, I let the chat vote for which direction we're going to oh. go. In. They voted for Tank for Bedard. Yeah! So Talk hard for Bedard. So yeah. in season one, we Tank for Bedard. I, I, should I spoil it? Should I tell you how, how it went? No. No. Make us watch. <laughs> okay. So I'll, we'll, uh, next time I do an episode, we'll come back and I'll fill you in on that after people get a chance to watch it. But we Tank for Bedard in season one, and we go all the way to the draft lottery. So we know... If we got him or not. So and then next episode's the draft. Lots to get through. Uh, obviously, on today's show, we're going to talk about the Canucks losing another game. Jesse's Rangers have some answering to do. And of course, Nick Robertson, Nicky Bobby, Woo! with a big night. But first, let's get to You Can Bet That with Dave Basil. Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook presents You Can Bet That with David Bastel. Must be 19 plus. Please play responsibly, Ontario only. Okay, Dave, so uh, we got to start with this, and then we want to get to uh, a bet that Jesse uh, loves. Uh, first yep. off, this is one that came out of Game Over Montreal. This is Jay Baruchel, who was on with Andrew, and he proposed what, Dave? <laughs> he, well, he went out and said Cole Caulfield will score more than Austin Matthews, and he wants to see the bet. So, uh, yeah, we accommodated. Uh, I mean, right now he's looking good, but it's also uh, October the, what is it, the 21st today or something? That's right. Um, yeah, so so we do have that bet at Sports Interaction under our props uh, section. Who will score more goals, essentially? Is Caulfield going to outscore Matthews, or is he not going to? Right now, if if you are betting Caulfield to score more, you're getting about six times your money. <laughs> Pretty good value. Wow. I'm just saying. I'm just I saying. Just take that. I mean, Matthews has had. He's been. He's played well, but he's had a bit of a slow scoring start. Yeah, maybe that's injuries enough. Gets, are always. And he gets a thing. kept. Uh, people hit him with pucks too. Eh? He doesn't look 100 uh, percent healthy out there. I'm just saying. Well, just if saying. Jamie Ben's going to uh, <laughs> attach a hockey stick to in the middle of his back, yeah, it's going to be a problem for him. <laughs> um, that is a- that is a very interesting pick. Isn't it? And uh, <laughs> the Leafs have not done well against underdog picks this week. <laughs> That's a tough one, though. I don't know. He, he scored 60. I don't know. Jesse, yeah, what was the, exactly. Jesse, exactly. what was the other thing you wanted to talk about? There's there's this thing on Sports Interaction called Grand Salami Bets. Yes. And last night I took one where I bet the total amount of goals for all of the away teams playing last night versus the total amount of goals uh, that the home teams got. So what? I got the total goals by all the away teams versus the total goals yep. by all of the home teams. That's the bet that they have the, the option to make. Basically, I lost away it. teams beat the home team. Yeah, okay. versus, so goals total versus goals. goals. Yes. Total goals versus yeah. total goals. Yeah. So you're playing, you're essentially playing all the teams versus all the teams. It's a lot of fun. But last night I got, I lost the bet because the home teams went up. There's a couple 6-3 victories and a 7-1 victory. So like, it's a it's a really fun bet, and you have these grand salamis every every couple of nights or something, right? Well, it, it's essentially every single uh, NHL scheduled night that has more than one game. So, and and there's further to it. Yeah, you could bet all the home teams, you could bet all the away games, or you could do total amount of goals 
scored by every team on the on the schedule. So if there's huh. 10 games, there's 20 teams, are they going to exceed this amount of goals? It, it is a lot of fun because yeah. you're sitting there at the end of the night going, okay, West Coast games, I need 17 goals between these two teams. You know what I mean? It's, it is. Uh, I have a lot of friends that play that religiously, especially on a Saturday night mm-hmm. where you have a slew of games. You know, you usually have at least 10 games. Uh, and yeah, add them up and, uh, do some quick maths. And yeah, that's, that's, uh, I'm glad you jumped on that. Cause, uh, it is a lot of fun. Grand salami. It's called. Yeah. I was sitting there really upset. Cause I was looking at all the scores <laughs> and <laughs> Pittsburgh won six, one over the Kings and Pittsburgh was the home team. Uh, I was like, yeah, now I'm down five goals. <laughs> you know, so exactly. it was, uh, it was, it was an adventure watching hockey last and night. And one thing I do want to say <laughs> is last night, if you took, we, we sports interaction was awesome enough to set up. Up the prop bet for the Canucks. The oh, yeah. oops, there it is. Uh, prop, oh. which was would the Canucks <laughs> blow a multi goal lead uh, for the fifth straight game? Multi goal, they did blow a lead, oh, but it was not yes. multi goal. Yeah. yeah, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> the Canucks have it in them, too. You know what I mean? They, they do, do yeah, they do. <laughs> like, that's you talk about the worst case scenario. <laughs> they blow a lead, they lose, and you don't win. Like, <laughs> God. That's exactly it. Oh. Yeah. it, is. it David, is. thank you so much. As always, go to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN, and we will see you Monday, sir. Yeah, enjoy Saturday night. Well, I have a question, gentlemen. Yes. Do you feel like a couple of idiots? <laughs> For what? Uh, do you, I, I'm asking. I'm just asking. Do you feel like a couple you, of idiots? You oh. need to specify because all the time the answer is yes. Okay. I'm, I'm um, not a very smart person. Uh, I, let me ask you. <laughs> let me ask you who's listening and watching. Should they feel like a couple of idiots? Hey, do you, you have your headphones on. So oh, did you hear that? I don't know. What is that? You what could that, that be? That's the Malgan Hive. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare kick it over because the Malgan Hive is going to get you. Sorry, Malgan Hive. You're going to be stuck in the beekeeper spot. What, what do they call this? Oh, a hive. No, the hive. You're going to be stuck bad. in the actual hive. Oh, no. You're going to be beekeeper spot. Where the beekeepers are. <laughs> the beehive? Well, uh, you're off the hook, back shins. All right. <laughs> Beekeeper spot is the new best Adam Wildism ever. All I want to know is if you feel like an idiot, because I can tell you I do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Robertson with two goals against his brother. Wow. With his mom in attendance. Yeah. Guys, is Nick Robertson going to make the Toronto Maple Leafs, Steve and Jesse? Mm. Out of camp? No. And we were right. Yeah, we were and literally right. So if you're asking me to feel bad, your takes are not cold. Compute, <laughs> yeah. It's cold over here. You know what? Here's mm. here's what I didn't love with uh everything to do with Nick Robertson. He did everything he was supposed to in the preseason. He still aesthetically looked a little off as we t- talked about. He scored goals that didn't make sense. I'm like, you're not supposed to be able to generate power and accuracy from the position that you're in. <laughs> like he's, he's off balance. He's he, he, it, it just looked strange, but he scored. Damn it. He scored, mm-hmm. put him on the team, but for purely cap and waiver purposes, he didn't make the team. Then there's an injury. Guess what? Yo, yo, he's back up. And what I've hated about Nick Robertson's development is how stop and start it's been and how staggered it's been. And 
I remember Kyle Dubas when he was the AGM talking about not loving the yo-yo treatment that they gave Stuart Percy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that? I do. And he was up and down and up and down, and people talk about him as a draft bust. Well, I mean, they didn't put him in a position to succeed. But here's Nick Robertson, who's had the stop and start, stop and start, stop and start. He's only 21, and people are talking about him like he's been in the organization for six years. Oh, shit, or get off the pot, Nicky. You going to make the team or what? And he beat the odds last night. He did. I don't know if, you know, being on a line with William Nylander and John Tavares is beating the odds. I mean, it's not like they shoved him on the fourth line or anything. But this team, reeling after a bad loss, there are fires and smoke everywhere in the city, calls upon their youngest player. Mm -hmm. After all the up and down and up and down, has a great preseason. Guess what? Here's your reward. A bus ride to the Coca-Cola Coliseum comes back up two goals in a game against his brother, which does matter because it's something that we know he's wanted and narrowly missed. Um, the last a time. few times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they did play each other one other time, but I don't think he scored. Did they? I believe this yeah, is the they second played time they in played in Dallas. Other. Yeah. Yeah, I believe. Oh, I think yeah. so. See, I don't know. The other thing is, I choose to believe that was his first NHL game last night. (laughs) I know you do, because you feel like his development should start from here because of how rocky it's been over the last three years. This is, I hope, the start of the rest of Nick Robertson's career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No more American Hockey League, I hope. I mean, listen, two goals isn't going to be enough. Like You got to keep bringing it. And one of the goals was in funny time, where it's not real hockey. Yeah, but after a Unreal play. Still even strength, Jesse. He, he he stopped he stopped the guy on defense and then was able to turn it around, set up the play, and score the goal. He did everything on that play. Looks so fucking good on Jamie Ben. Yeah. Looks so good on <laughs> Yeah, can we, we, we need to talk about Jamie Ben today. It was just a dirty piece of shit play. Like I'm not calling for him to be suspended or anything. No, no. But it's a dirty chicken shit play that he did to Austin Matthews in the first period. And you just put that in your little brain bank. And you, you you know, by the end of the game, you might've even forgotten about it because you were mad about the goalie interference goal that was overturned and ended up being a goal. Somebody should have fought him. Somebody should have fought Jamie Ben. Somebody should have fought him and taken a beating. I don't care. Yeah. I I can get your ass beat for Austin Matthews. Like he was getting all game long. They had a highlight reel of him getting bullied by different Dallas stars. He it got, wasn't fun. He got his ass beat and then set up the game winner. So there's another guy sort of overcoming the odds, overcoming the the shit sandwich he was being fed uh, for the rest of the game. But Jamie Ben has a two-on-one. I don't even remember who the other guy was. Haskinen? I don't remember. He has a two-on-one. It doesn't matter overtime. what his, his name is. And it, it doesn't matter. And like, <laughs> I'm not... Uh, trying to belittle Nick Robertson, but mm-hmm. that's that has to be worst case scenario, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, who, for, yeah, yeah. Who for is the last person on the roster you would want to be in that position? Oh. So you're going to start with a forward. You're probably going to go winger. So we have it narrowed down to eight guys mm-hmm. now. And I don't know, youngest guy on the team in his first game of the season, I think is a pretty good is place the to smallest start. Smallest leaf in terms of height. Smallest forward, I think the other guy is Dennis Mulligan, and he wasn't playing. Right. So, 
Uh, yeah. He's too busy in the beekeeper place. He was... <laughs> <laughs> hey, shut up. You guys don't know. The beekeeper yeah. spot. The beekeeper spot. spot. Um, and he, he has, he can, he has so many options and he even, he attacks Robertson knowing that it's a bad case scenario for him and beats him. Mm-hmm. And he tries to get body position on him though. He, he went too far. He went too far. He had him beat and he wanted to show off in Toronto. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was, but he didn't have to make that other move. He had a two-on-one one-timer right there. And it was clean. It was clean. The guy was open. And Nick Robertson turned it around and said, here's how you fucking do it. (laughs) Two-on-one, one, well, it was a three-on-one, one-timer, left-handed shot. You had it there at the other end of the ice there, Jamie. Fucking looks good on you. The whole fan base was thinking that. Listen, I always talk about the magic of hockey. And I think, you know, after the the last game against the Coyotes, I get called a grumpy Gus and everything. Listen, losing to the Coyotes, the way they lost to the Coyotes stinks. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a regular loss. It wasn't even a regular loss to the Coyotes. But that win against Dallas, that wasn't a regular win. Why not? It had a beginning, middle, and end. Villains were vanquished and heroes rose. It's storytelling. It's beauty. It's everything I love about hockey and everything I love about sports. The kid overcomes the guy who hurt the, t- uh, the team's best player in the first period. Also, the-, the second goal of the game. And, a- and after the game, he gives a charming interview and-, and he sees his mom and he's grinning from ear to ear. And he didn't even hear Sean McKenzie's question. Did you see that? That was. A- yeah, it was. A- yeah. What, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Loved it. It's, it's, I woke up this morning with a shit eating grin and I watched the highlights 10 times. The, okay. So the, the other the thing is morning. Nick Robertson also got crushed several times last night, yeah. right? Especially right after what he could have had the third goal for the Leafs in regulation. And that's, he was going that shift, but he got caught a, a couple times directly after that. He, on his own terms. Yeah, he was throwing his body around. Yeah, no, no, it's not like, I'm not saying it was bad, but I'm yeah, just saying, yeah, yeah. like, it wasn't like no, he only yeah. had his head down or whatever, but they're clearly looking at him as, like, a threat. Because, like, if you're, no offense to Philip Crawl, I'm going to use your name. If they brought him up, I don't think Dallas Stars forwards are like, we need to, we must target him. Right. Even a guy like Wayne He's Simmons. Also a defenseman. Yeah, I know. I know. But like you I'm just talking about like guys sometimes that are non he, um, he was active last night. Sometimes like like even even like a Wayne Simmons who is a forward, um they're not targeting Wayne Simmons because Wayne Simmons isn't really a threat anymore. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't love Wayne, but it's he's just not the threat. Robertson's a threat. That's why they want to do that. Wayne wants, gets a lot of space. I want to talk about Jamie Ben because um, uh, yeah, obviously the the cross check on Matthews. I think you said it perfectly. It's chicken shit, but it's the kind of stuff where if Jamie Ben is your guy and you're a Dallas Stars fan, you're like fucking right. Let's go. Yeah. And and what I know is notice with Jamie Ben is he's a if he's not scoring, he's at least making it painful to play him. He always, it's always, there's, there's a hit, but then there's like a little, a little, a little jab, a little this, a little that, uh, and, and maybe not on the trolling Brad Marchand kind of level, but he hits and it feels like it hurts. Brutalizing. No, it, he's, he's of the ilk where, um, I, I think of Shane Doan. Mm. I think of Dustin Brown, mm-hmm. just players who, if you cheer for a team in that division, you hate his guts. 
and you're justified. It's not just that he's good. He is good. Jamie Benn won the Art friggin' Ross. Remember that? Mm-hmm. In like the lowest scoring season ever. But he won the Art Ross, gosh darn it. But that guy will break your bones. And I mean, it really pays to be a, a personal buddy of George Peros. It, it super does. Oh, stop because it. <laughs> stop what? Last year in the playoffs, he got a fine. The next game, he did something bad again. And he got a fine. <laughs> History. History, high sticking, and he's going to get, he might, he might get a fine for the Matthews thing. No. He there, might. There's nothing really illegal I don't think so. It. I don't think he Yes, there fucking that. was. Not it's a, a cross check. Uh, in back. terms of like the games of hockey when everybody's out there just playing. It's, it's everyone's <laughs> just out there playing. I love your hockey guy impression. It's everyone's just out there playing the old full 60. Uh, Nick Robertson had a fantastic night. He last did, night. yeah. Let's and, not focus on that. And like, I, I hope he keeps it up. Like, I hope now they've solved the top six. That would, be, that would be incredible yeah, for Yeah, easily the most fluid he's looked. Yeah. And he had a goal set up by Michael Bunting. And he had a goal set up by Austin Matthews. Him and Matthews found themselves out there together twice. Mm-hmm in that overtime, which I thought was very interesting because, and and the reason I say that, I don't think that top line is working. I think individually they're all having moments, Oh, but at five on five together, I don't, it's not working. The, um, because you, you mentioned something that I thought was fascinating in an astute observation, uh, about Mitch Marner. He's having a miserable time right now. And like Mitch Marner off his game is still good. It was an assessment that you had, I think it was late last season, mid last season about Mitch, where he's not playing. I can't as, remember. It was at some point last year. I think it was the later half of the year where he's not playing as as fun as he should be, you and, know, because that's when he's playing his best is when he's out there having fun. And he was looking at the refs after every whistle. Yeah. And he and, was doing a lot of moaning and complaining and his body language was terrible. And I, we shouldn't be able to notice on television that every single time play stops, Mitch is looking at the ref. He, I mean, I can relate to him as a guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve, but I, you know, again, game six, Montreal, everyone made the same observation, no matter who you cheer for. Holy fuck. This guy looks rattled. Mm-hmm. And last night, um, you know, he had the he had a good play shorthanded where he drew a penalty on Jason Robertson, negated the power play. Um, but well, it's enough that Elliot Friedman mentioned it in the second intermission. Yep. Did he? You know, if it gets to Fried's level, I think finally you could take us seriously. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, I think sometimes with Mitch, people are very protective, and I get it because. He's such a lovable guy. I'm not saying he sucks. No, no, no. Hold on. No one's saying that. Let me let me just continue. Let me just continue for a second. Let Mitch, me pre-argue. When when a criticism is leveled at Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews, it's not because we don't like the person. It's because we want them to succeed and that wasn't good enough. And that's easy for us because we're sitting in my basement and they're playing hockey. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's their job and this is our job. So we're doing it. And I look at the Mitch Marner situation. Wh- what Fried said essentially is... Um, and this goes back to the comments we were talking about with the elite players. I mentioned this in the last episode and it blew up afterwards. Sheldon and Keith said our elite players were not the difference between the Coyotes and us is we have elite players and they don't. And ours didn't play like elite players. And then the next day, Sheldon takes it back and goes, we had to have a conversation and I need to clarify what I said. And then Mitch was like, yeah, we needed to have that conversation, clarify what he said. And people are like, but he was right. You guys didn't play like elite players. 
if you had, you would have easily won, like what happened in I, Montreal last I night. Know, I don't know what conversation you're talking about. And, Win, winning and, solves all. And then the next day, and people are like, this is not a thing. Shut up. It's not a thing. Here's how a thing it is, okay? Here's how much of a thing it is. On Wednesday, Sheldon Keefe comes back. Sorry, yesterday was Thursday. On Thursday morning, Sheldon Keefe comes back and goes, no, it's not a thing again. You media people are making it a thing. No, if you some of them were. If you... What? Were they not supposed to ask? <laughs> Listen, man, if you... I think that's a lo lovely I'm, I'm thing. I think it's your job to report your on job. these things. Listen, you... Listen, if it's not a thing, say, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm moving on. That's what you say. But the coach felt the need yet again to say, oh, it's a media creation. It's not a media creation. Did the media create Sheldon Keefe's initial quote? No. Did the media make Mitch Marner... And whoever else on the team, and I don't want to just put put Mitch on that because he's a leader and, and obviously other players went to, did the media make those players then go to Sheldon Keefe and make him clarify? And did they make Sheldon Keefe come back to the media and say, let me clarify? And then did they make Sheldon Keefe also answer a question on Thursday? No, they did not. It is a thing. And can, I, can I play his comments? The most recent ones. I don't, I, I don't know. It's a press, oh, press yeah, conference. Yeah, let's, let's just, because... He is being continued. I understand from Steve's perspective in that he's being asked about it, so he has to answer it. Mm -hmm. Or but he could just say, give a non-answer. But anyway, keep, keep going. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's play this. This is Sheldon Keith. Are we really at the point where there's such delicate flowers that you have to watch Ooh. the words that you use? Who the fuck is I don't that? Think so. Is that Rosie? I mean, I think... I, I, I think it's a passionate sport. There's a lot of emotion in it. I don't think we're at that point. I think we should always be cognizant of the words we're using and how we're communicating. At huh. times, emotions maybe gets the best of us in, in this game or in any competitive environment. Uh, you, know, you want to communicate well. So it's, it's an important piece as a leader. So you want to be cognizant of every word and you use and body language and all those kind of things. Um, but you know, the nature of the sport... You know, sometimes uh, it doesn't make it so, and sometimes, sometimes a little extra passion behind your message is really what you're looking for there. So I think that's a, for me as a leader, or any leader, you got to find that balance. Just the fact you had to pull back a little bit from your commentary yesterday, more of product today than it is of, of what you had to say. It's it's probably more a reflection of coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs and dealing with you all <laughs> than anything just to make sure that the way that I'm communicating is is more clear because the reaction to the comments was not what I was trying to communicate so it's more so about managing the media than it is about managing the players now I that last comment I get a hundred percent but here's what you do first off I don't know who asked that first question but it's a chicken shit bullshit question because you're because you're the implication on that. Are they such delicate flowers yeah. when you do something like that? The idea is to trap the coach into inadvertently saying that his players are delicate flowers, which he's never going to do. He handled it extremely well. Oh, he yeah. did. And what he should answer. have, if I was going to give him any notes, I would double down on what I was trying to say earlier, which is if it's not a thing, don't answer the question. Just say, you know what? We're moving on. That's not a that's not a thing we're even going to talk about. So the reason, by the way, I I we mentioned Mitch Marner and, and how the top line isn't clicking. I wanted to piggyback on how well Nick Robertson is playing because if he plays, listen, right now the Leafs don't have options. Mm -hmm. um, so who, who was up there? Mulgan? 
So you want to switch things up? Wh- what do you do? You switch Bunting and Mulligan? So you have Matthews, Martin, Never. Mulligan? Fart! Yeah. No. No. If Robertson, uh, Robertson starts clicking, but there's still... Eh, there's just... The top six isn't quite working. You can keep Robertson, Tavares, Nylander, and Bunting, Matthews, Marner, but every now and then... Out of your bag of tricks, you put bunting with Tavares and, and uh, well, you could put bunting with Tavares and Marner, or you could put bunting with Tavares and Nylander. Tavares has worked. He's been great. He's Well, he's been great, but he's worked well historically over his career with players like Michael Bunting. He, he has made players like Michael Bunting a lot of money because he finds ways to get them the puck and they find ways to get him the puck. And then you can have Robertson with Matthews, which we already know works, and Marner, one of the best playmakers in the league. Uh, you give him two pure snipers. Yeah, it's it's a good position. So, and so I, that's the on ice perspective, and I think it's been taken to another level off ice, where we have somebody like Steve Simmons poking at him every time he's at the podium. And that's what they're going to do. I mean, I'm sure Keith's used to Steve Simmons questionings, and, and if, if that was Rosie Demano, whoever that was. Yeah, um, that's a bullshit. Question. I, it's I a bullshit know. question, but yeah. I, I I think the point is it's still a thing. Even though those people ask bullshit questions in the in those, it doesn't make it not a thing. Just because the reporter you hate asked the question doesn't mean that it's not a thing. I think there is a thing here, mm-hmm. and the thing is, okay, mm-hmm. the thing is very simple. They had a disagreement. Mitch Marner, I as Elliot brought what up, what it was. I, I well. I, I it was, can't. It was I can't, the comment. Yeah, it was the comment. It, he, we we know that Mitch Marner went into Keith's office after Keith made the comments after the Arizona game, and they had a conversation about the elite players quote. We know that happened, and okay. and so at what Elliot was saying, and I think this is right. This isn't some. It's not like the end of the world, right? This is not like oh my god. It's a it's a it's a weekly event, and I think what was really key. <laughs> CJ said this to me yesterday when I was texting him about it, and I'm I'm. Bringing this up, there's nothing crazy about what I'm about to tell you. He said they need to win tonight, and this all goes away. Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face, and it's been dropped. Exactly. As a story. They need to win tonight. But what Frege did say before the Leafs won last night was they are, as in Leafs management, constantly sort of checking on Marner because he is so hard on himself, and he has such high expectations of themselves. That's how you get to this level. And he wants to win so bad that sometimes it eats him up. He wasn't having fun last night. You could tell. No, but you know what? He'll get there. And I, and I, I think again, he will too. And I don't think that this is like, oh man, Mitch Martin, <laughs> Sheldon Keefe hate each other. No, this what? is just, it, is there a little bit of drama here? Sure. Mm-hmm. But is it going to end the Leafs season in their second no. week? No. I think it's good. It's okay to say that there's some drama. Well, I, and it's healthy for them. La- I, I, I said it last episode. <clears throat> the leaf season turned around last year when Matthews and Hall had a screaming match yeah. on the bench. Yeah, it's really and good. And <clears throat> they're still friends. Of course. Matthews has the respect of the locker room and Justin Hall is beloved. Beloved. Like he's a really funny guy and they, and they really like him. Um I do <clears throat> goodness. Come on. Got that Friday phlegm. Yuck. Um on the note of that question. Mm-hmm. It's not the greatest question, and someone who is maybe a beat reporter for the team who's there every single day wouldn't dare ask it. I see it as a legitimate question, not because I think it's good. Which question? Because I don't. The uh, are, are they, they such are delicate, they such flowers? delicate oh, okay, flowers? Okay. 
I see it as a legitimate question, not because it's necessarily a good question, but after in the 72 hours that followed the Coyotes loss, my mentions were full of that shit. Mm-hmm. Full of that. So shit. there's an, a, a part of the audience that wants to know. You don't yes. need to. It's work, a large but, part. But when you it's ask it large... that way, you're doing it to get under somebody's skin rather than the goal, which is just to get an answer. Right. And I, I mean, we're, you're I think, trying to draw an emotional response rather than a rational one. It's fair so to what assume to that's Rosie, right? I don't know. I don't no, know. No, I don't want to do assume. that. Okay. It is a female voice. That's all we know. Yeah, okay. I don't well, want to do that. Whoever that is, I think they're they're also appealing to their base, which sure. is the people in your mentions who is a large <clears throat> part of the Leafs audience. Yeah. I wouldn't call it capital J journalism, but if a huge portion of the audience has that same question on their mind, I do think it's somewhat legitimate to ask it. I just maybe would have worded it a little different. <laughs> yeah. Not great. It's, it's, it's not great. It's, it's not I'm, great. I'm just trying to look at it, uh, from both perspectives and I mean, I think I wouldn't I, have done it, but I've asked some pretty dumb questions. And here, here's too. the thing. Here's, so. here's what, here's what prevent. Listen, the coyotes loss. And, and this is something that we do in North American sports that always blows my mind too, is we, we, oh, it's just one loss, man. Hardcore sports fans across the world live and die by every game. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with living and dying by every game if you're a fan, okay? Don't let anyone tell you that that it's okay. Like I'm never going to be happy to see the Leafs lose. Don't tell me that it's okay that I'm going to I have to be okay with it especially when they lose like they did to the Coyotes. However, what I saw last night was a fart first period and two really strong periods and half a period afterwards for overtime. They dominated the back four. Absolutely. Back and and so right. they they came in, they had to get their adjustments and sometimes your first 20 sucks because you're figuring out the other team. They played like the Leafs. This is the team that I believe should win the President's Trophy this year. I really truly do. That's the team that I want to see. And that uh, decor does not look the way that we thought it was going to in the summer. No. At all. Well, uh, we, uh, we are sneaking up on that Muzzin conversation. Well, I, I think it's a conversation between him and his doctor. Yeah. Um, because I hadn't seen the play. Mm-hmm. Somehow I hadn't seen it until last night's broadcast. That was scary as fuck. Well, it was scary. But also, I think if you're truly fully healthy. If that's the first time, and I hate saying it this way, it may not go down the same way. It wasn't a first time. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Is that when A lot you, of people forget the Columbus thing. Once you're injured like that, you're more prone to be injured like that. Yeah, people and forget that's, the stinger he had against Columbus. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. right? And that's where it gets scary. Like Andre Kasha, what was happening to him, and he's now out oh, again with a concussion. Fuck. I don't even think he made it to the regular season, and you're such... It's, you're robbed of this person and their talent because... But but the more you have, and we're suspecting at this point, mm-hmm. the more that you have, the worse it can be, yes. and the more prone you are. And I think the Leafs are, if, the, if there's anything that the Leafs are, it's that they are, they love their guys, and they're almost too loyal to their guys. There are times when I wish Kyle Dubas was a little more cutthroat. And with Jake Muzzin this summer, they made a choice to keep him and the, and the big salary that he carries, rather than saying, you know what? we probably could reallocate that money elsewhere. And, and you say, how, where, why? Well, they, that's his job to figure out. Um, I think that they, they knew that this was a possibility. The idea of getting Jake Muzzin, if I told you guys, I think Jake Muzzin is going to get 82 games this year, you guys would say, you're, you're nuts, you're out of your mind. I'd be happy with 70. 
And this is now we're on long-term injury reserve. Yeah, I don't think he's reading seventy. Like, not not officially ever in his career. Not officially long-term. Oh, it's injury, it's injury reserve. Excuse me. Yeah. But that's from everything Fried said. From everything Dreger said, it's not looking good. And that's the sad part. Yeah. And so th- this is where it's like, okay, well now what do the Leafs do? I guess they call up a bunch of people. Mete had a good game. Yes, he did. He was playing great. I like Mete. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he nice, good. Sandine stepped it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, physical presence. You know who's been fantastic this season? TJ Brody. Every single fucking game. Mm-hmm. TJ Brody's yeah. always good. Nobody ever talks. No about one he, complains he, about him. He had some downs last year, but no, he's he's been oh, all he's five just, games. He's solid, been great. solid D man. Solid D man. Yeah. Solid. I, I I loved his uh, reaction to uh, drawing that roughing call on Marchment. <laughs> Marchment was pissed, and he was just on the bench like, "LOL, I got punched in the face." <laughs> uh, if you bet on mason marchman anytime point uh you cashed that that bet last night oh did you? You, got, you got an assist did you get yeah, that it was it was almost uh two to one it was like 1.990 so like you bet a dollar you win like 90 cents back but so yeah it was pretty good pretty good odds on that and it, it hit because it was x leaf you know Man. it's gonna hit every time <laughs> and uh, Scott Wedgwood, 40 saves it, oh yeah there were still some things about that game that were written in the stars Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. You know, you'd say, oh, Jake Ottinger's not playing. The Otter's not out there in the water, and we're going to get the backup, and then he stands on his head. No. <laughs> no, that's the kiss of death. I'd rather play the starter. Right. Uh, after the first period, the narrative for that Leafs game was not good. No, it wasn't. It was coming off the Arizona effort, and then that first period was a lot of more of that, and then thank God they won it. Yeah, it was good. It I, was going to be really well. bad. They play well. Like, you rarely hear NHL broadcasts talk about talk that negatively about a team and rip their effort and that's what happened in intermission and i'm just happy that the Leafs won that and it wasn't more of that coming isn't, out of the game isn't the conversation this morning so much better nick Definitely. robertson and everyone's mm-hmm. smiling and what a way to listen i've been pointing out this fucking five game road trip for two months <laughs> and now they get to go on this road trip with a winning record mm-hmm. three and two Fair enough. Uh, riding high, it's nice. Dude, we can't. We can't just gloss over that Monday didn't happen. Now that no, they won, though, I but, agree. I agree. You know? But there is an element of like, okay, you, you, you. Because tuck, then, you, what was all the yelling for on Monday? Because you tuck it in a folder. You can't. Yeah. I'm not going to still be mad about Monday. No. Because Thursday happened. But if they have a Monday like effort on Saturday. It becomes relevant again. Mm-hmm. If they put together way to put it. if they put together consistent efforts, it's a shitty game we all forget about. Think about I what was it, seven one or something? They lost to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. in the it was and like then, the fifth or sixth game last year. We forgot about it yeah. because then they wrecked shop in November. It it became irrelevant. If I start screaming about that Pittsburgh game in the middle of February, it'd be a little strange. So last strange. last episode, I, I we when we talked about that exact game, I said afterwards after that game they went fifteen and two. Mm-hmm. There if you the go. Leafs go fifteen and two in their next seventeen, everything's good again, just like You're it was betcha. last year. And they've played nothing but close games. Yeah, all five games close. All right, let's wait to move quickly. I just want to say I think we're going to start to need start to find a need to frame. Or keep track of memorable Ilya Samsonov quotes before we switch mm-hmm. to switch games here. <laughs> I love him. Um, it, it, this is from Mikey Stevens. 
Uh, we've got some smile to get tomorrow before the road trip. I love that. Yeah. And his other one is, quote, I live day by day. Tomorrow I go practice or I go to practice, have some smile and then go on road trip. Have some smile. You I have think s- that should be the name of the show. Absolutely. Um, okay. So moving on to the Vancouver Canucks who lost another game while holding a lead in every single game or every single game they've played this year, they have held the lead every single game up to this point, And we mentioned it. You can bet that was a multi-goal lead. They only blew a one goal lead this time, but they lose Hooray. to the winless Minnesota wild. It was an overtime, right? Yes. The yeah. wild who had not held a lead in the entire regular season so far. Mm. Kirill Kaprizov, OT dub. I got to see. I got a question. Is Bruce Boudreaux really going to get fired for this team who were bad last year, who are bad again? Like, everybody's talking about Bruce here. I keep saying this is the same roster they started with. This is Jim and Travis's team. This is not Jim, not Jim Rutherford. I'm talking about uh, who's the other guy? Who was the previous? Who was the previous GM? Jim Benning. Jim Jim Benning. Benning. This is Benning and and Travis Green's team. This is not Jim Rutherford and, uh, and Bruce Boudreaux's team. The vibes are off. Well, they were immaculate in the in the in the in the start. Everybody was like, "Oh, Vancouver, they're going to be great." It's when I talk about magic, I'm often talking about vibes. You know where the vibes are immaculate right now? Where Montreal? Well, we're going to get to that. Let's talk about Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, immaculate? No, 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 but I'm using it to connect it to. You know, I'm not always this mad hatter. Oh, oh my god! Merry birthday to you. Sometimes I have a fucking point, boys. Sometimes I know what I'm doing, and I promise I'll follow the breadcrumbs. Keep home. going, keep going, buddy. Anyway, the vibes are miserable right now, and maybe all the Canucks needed last year was a vibe change. Maybe Boudreaux didn't change that much. We we laughed about how little he did change. He went to Brock Besser and he said, "Hey, how about you shoot?" <laughs> and then Brock Besser shot, and you know what he did? He scored. He scored. Now. <sighs> They do have injuries. Everyone has injuries. Uh, I do have sympathy for that, but mm-hmm. like everyone has to deal with it, man. Everyone it's, has to deal not, with it. And it's not, again, it goes back to what the Leafs were talking about. It's not that you lose, it's how you lose. Boudreaux came in and he elevated the vibes mm-hmm. and they rode that for the whole rest of the season. Pressure was off. Pressure was off. Just win games. That's all. And the JT Miller saga gets solved. So you think, all right, we're not going to worry about this for all this season. Got a great starting goalie. We made a couple ads. We're going to be fine. Elias Pettersson playing this well uh, usually does not equal the team playing this bad. Uh, I don't know how you get the vibes back. It's tough. It's tough. Dude, was it 04 and 1? Yeah, winless. They're the yeah. NHL's only winless team. They're three regulation losses from 07 and fun, which was the 0910 Leafs who finished second last, by the way. They and they were lucky never to, recovered from that. They were lucky to finish. They were lucky to finish second last. Yeah. Yeah. They were literally lucky to finish second last because they gave up their first round pick, and that's why the Bruins got Tyler Sagan. You're welcome. And uh, Oilers got Taylor Hall Mm -hmm. out of that because they finished last. A team that was honest to goodness trying to finish last. The Canucks are very, very rapidly approaching um, 
must win territory. Like their next game is must win. Yes. I it's- I don't think it's over dramatic to say if the Canucks are 05 and 1 after game 6, you got to do something. I'm not saying fire Boudreaux. I really don't know what that changes. No. You got to do something for God's sake. No, you can't so fire Boudreaux. They though. started the year on a 5 game road trip. Like we we don't emphasize that enough. They've been on the road this whole time. They come back home now this Saturday. They play Buffalo. It's their home opener. Buffalo's a wagon right now. Buffalo's on fire. They yes. swept Alberta. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Four fu- goals in four games. Fun fact, he's the best defenseman in the NHL right now. How many defensemen have started a year with four goals in four games? Zero ever. Zero ever. He is he's the greatest defenseman of all time. Put some respect on Rasmus Dahlin's name. Two years, or sorry, two years, two weeks into the season. There's your Norris front runner. Like literally, there he is. No one has ever done that as a fan. Besides the point. So they go. They're fa- playing Buffalo. Their home opener on Saturday. That's the beginning of six of seven of their next games at home. So there's a path here. They're all sitting in Vancouver. You got a bunch of home games. There's a path here where you make back all of those lost points on that road trip. Like what? What did, what did Buffalo do in Alberta? They swept Alberta. Oh, so you're allowed to win road games. <laughs> Yes, you, you know are. what I mean? They like, don't know that. It's they, an excuse, but it's not a good one. It's not a good one. But there's an opportunity here for the Canucks where if we're ever going to turn it around and we need to do it right now and quick, Saturday needs to be the beginning of that. And if you lose your home opener to Buffalo on Saturday after that road trip, you're getting booed off the ice. Yeah, it's it, because it's the home opener and because it's it's a fan base in Vancouver. They are a fan base. Uh, you're either going to get enormous, immense relief coming out of that game or catastrophe. Do you remember that old uh, ECW picture of uh, of a fan in in the crowd holding up a sign that says, if John Cena wins, we riot? Yes. <laughs> On Saturday, there's going to be half the stadium. Their feelings are, if Buffalo wins tonight, we riot. Adam, ECW, one night only. Oh. You have to watch this oh. thing. Rob Van Damme? Rob Van, Rob Van Dam. I think that's my favorite pay-per-view of all time. Oh, easily, because the best entrance of all time with Sandman. But Cena takes off his shirt and he throws it into the crowd at like three times because they kept throwing it back. Because fuck them. We want RVD to win. John Cena, the biggest baby face in the history of wrestling. The guy who has the most Make-A-Wish foundation uh, trips. He's made the most wishes in Make-A-Wish. 10 million of them. He, like, children worship this guy. He was the biggest heel in the world that night. In the world. The crowd, anyways, that's the Vancouver crowd. (laughs) Uh, The fucking uh, fan who grabs the kendo stick. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And he just, and he cuts himself. What Co- a lunatic. Okay, a couple things. We, we got to move quick here, guys. No, we don't. Yes, we do. So we got to play ECW a little bit more. Uh, Slavkowski, uh, his first goal with Montreal and a nice big old fuck No, we're not you. talking about that. <laughs> no, no, okay. So we talk about the vibes. Are you going to talk, gonna talk, talk about, about the, the vibes? Are you going to talk about the fight or the goal? It's uh, both because to me, they are one and the same. Arbor Jackeye, Every now and then, this player shows up in your organization, and he changes fucking everything. And with Montreal, you assume it's Nick Suzuki, it's Cole Caulfield, it's Uri Slavkovsky, 
And then Wi-Fi shows up. Mm-hmm. The best nickname in the NHL. Did you hear that? Yeah, I do. That they're calling him Wi-Fi? Yeah, makes sense. no one on the team knows how to we spell gotta his call name. Out, we got to call out Julian and Chris for a second. They did a thing at the end of the CJ show last episode where they're like, oh, the Wi-Fi for Jack is absolutely awesome because nobody has nicknames anymore. You know, guys like McDavid don't have nicknames. Guys like Austin Matthews don't have nicknames. And I sat there and I said, they call him Poppy. Yeah, they call him he, Poppy. He, yeah. does, he does have a nickname. Yeah. What yeah. The, yeah. What the fuck, Julian? Hey, idiots. So, what are you busy? lining up a meeting with HR right now. <laughs> no, listen. You're reprimanded. Every now and then, this player shows up in your organization. I, I'm thinking along the lines of Milan Lucic when he showed hmm. up. Remember when Milan Lucic showed up? No. In Boston? Fuck, he was a nightmare. Yeah, he was scary. And he came out of nowhere and like, the Bruins were going with it. I want to say Krejci was pretty young at the time. Bergeron was pretty young at the time. Uh, I don't even think Marchand had made his debut in the NHL. And if he had, he wasn't the Marchand that we know. He showed up and he wrecked shop. He ruined my commissary's career <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways. And he kept trying to go that guy. He kept trying to go that guy. You're Montreal's tough guy. Fuck you. I'm going to beat you the fuck up. And he wouldn't fight him. And then he fought him and he beat him the fuck up. And then Commissaire tried to get revenge and it didn't work. And then the, the, the Canadians were the Bruins' sons for the better part of the next decade because of this magical unicorn who showed up. Arbor Jackeye has come and given that energy to the Montreal Canadiens. I will say this. Zach Cassian is a tough nut. Um, Jack, I did beat the brakes off him. Cassian is a tough nut. He should not be fighting anymore. That's enough. Yeah. And I'm not saying because he's a bad fighter. That motherboard has taken way too many hits. You got to stop. He has to stop. Uh, all up. Listen, I understand why people got up for that fight and were excited about it and everything. And at the end of the day, Zach Cassian still in the NHL. That made me nauseous. (laughs) So I'll cheer the next time Jack, I fight someone else. Cassian's got to stop fighting. But. Slavkovsky scores. He scores his first NHL goal. And he looks at Josh Brown, who is also a tough nut and could definitely beat Slavkovsky's ass. And he looks at him, the widest eyes I've ever seen on an NHL ice service, and goes, fuck you! And that's immortalized forever. And it's his first goal As the first ever goal from the first overall (laughs) pick of the Montreal Canadiens. That's going to be the attitude of this entire season. Fuck you! And if you look at it nice and closely, who's behind him right over Slavkovsky's shoulder? Arbor Jackeye. And after the game, Slavkovsky says, well, it's, he said something along the lines of, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. He said, well, when you got a guy like Jackeye who can kill anybody on your team, it's great. Yeah. And they do play. You do play with that little bit of confidence. And as much as that seems old world, it's absolutely true. Look at, what, look at the way Montreal played. Can you imagine if the Leafs had anybody who well, made, who made, no, 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 no. I'm just, can you imagine if your team had someone who made a, what, 19-year-old? Look at one of the toughest guys in the NHL and go, fuck you, after scoring his first NHL goal. Immaculate vibes for the Montreal Canadiens. No surprise they're over 500. I don't know how long they can ride it. I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not even saying they're going to be in the mix. But this is a building year, and what a thing they're building It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. What a thing they're building. 
dude, uh, some of their some of their best prospects aren't even there yet. Right. They're there. I think this thing is uh, it's sped up a bit in Montreal. That that Arbor Jack Eye kid, he's changed everything. Um, we got to move forward, and I I just need I need Jesse to answer for something. Jesse, yes. How the hell does your pick to win the Stanley Cup? Yeah. How do they let the O five and O Sharks win a game? How is that even possible? How can I call the Rangers? How can I call the Rangers a Stanley Cup favorite? That's why I call them your Stanley Cup favorite because they can't be a Stanley Cup favorite if they're losing to the Sharks. Can, can like I take this that? One? Can I take this one? Sure. James Reimer was in that. <laughs> Jesse, it's true. What do you have to say for yourself? Uh, I would say one, they lost in overtime. Overtime is a crapshoot. Once you get there, it's a, it's a coin flip. Boo and also fart. Uh, two, they are three, one, and one. It's a good start to the year. If every if every five games you go three, one, and one, you got a good chance at finishing at the top of the nope. league. You got to win every game. This is as bad as the Leafs <laughs> losing to the Coyotes. Eat shit. This is at home. <laughs> it wrong. doesn't. It's not great that it was at home, but uh, they have played a, a lot of games and a lot of nights to start the year. They're Already at five games, you know. There, yeah, a lot of teams have played uh, too many. Mm-hmm. Yes, and a lot of games, like, a lot of teams have not played enough. It's weird. Yeah, 